0: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful here for Inside the Royal Rumble 2. If you've been a viewer of Fightful for a while, you may have remembered Inside the Royal Rumble, a feature that I did in early 2021 looking at my favorite match the Royal Rumble. I'm a sucker for these matches. It appeals to my ADHD instincts even by giving us a new competitor every 90 seconds. It appeals to me as as a fan of the variety aspect of pro wrestling with comedy, with drama, with tension, with basic storytelling, and now we get two of them for every single Royal Rumble. Well, in early 2021, I did Inside the Royal Rumble where I spoke to countless wrestlers who had participated in the match. I was able to do that to an even more advanced degree this year for inside the Royal Rumble 2. Now these aren't all encompassing histories of the Royal Rumble. Instead, it's a collection of stories, behind the scene details, memories, and notes that you guys might find entertaining or fascinating. I want to thank NordVPN for bringing you this video and that feature for free. Go to nordvpn.com slash fightful or use the code fightful to save 70 and you get an additional month free. You can stream movies that maybe aren't unlocked in your region. You can avoid price discrimination, browse the internet anonymously, and it all amounts to about 3 bucks a month less than the price of a cup of coffee. NordVPN.com slash Fightful or use that code Fightful and enjoy two hours of stories from the Royal Rumble. As I mentioned, the comedy aspect, the variety aspect of the Royal Rumble is one of my favorite things. It gives you a break from the drama, from the tension, from a lot of different things. And few introduced that better than the Bushwhackers in 1991 with a quick elimination thanks to Earthquake. Luke, one of your moments in the Royal Rumble is one that people just look at and they, they love so much where you walk to the ring Earthquake tosses you over the top rope, and you just keep walking. Do you remember whose idea that was and really anything about that?
1: Oh, that came from Pat Patterson, you know, to, to go out. But um, Bush said, pump those arms when you keep go walking. out. Keep marching, I said. Yeah, keep marching. And, of course, that became very notorious. It was up to – it's only two years ago that Vince stopped playing that clip in the pre-Royal Rumble. He played that clip for 18 years and that, and that, kept, me, that kept me in the people's eye, that uh, moment. And of course, on top of that, Butch was in there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes or 24 minutes and I was in there for four seconds. And of course, when uh, 10 days later when we got the checks,
2: I got the same as Butch. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Butch I've never, I've never, ever let him. I've never, I've never let him forget it either. Here I was, working my bloody ass off for 25 minutes and you got to keep going all the time because you don't know which camera's on you. So you can't just stand there. I'm working my guts off for 25 minutes or 20 minutes. In comes Luke, takes three or four steps in the ring, marching, hits the bloody, hits the deck. He marches out. I wanted to march out after him, didn't I? I was bugging, I was puffing, and I was grudging, and I knew I had another five minutes left. Oh boy. So, when the checks came around, and I knew that he got the same as me, boy, was I mad. But it was the greatest thing going. We laugh about it now. They used to talk about that more. They didn't care who was in the ring for how long, they didn't care. Who won what Battle Royal anywhere? All they said was, which one of you two marched in the ring, marched on through, got thrown over the top and kept marching? And that's all they would ask. They, they might have forgot which one it was, but once they knew, they never ever forgot.
0: So I'm and- looking I'm looking at the first Royal Rumble you guys were in too. Luke only spent three minutes in the first one, and Butch had to spend eighteen minutes in that one too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the Royal Royal Rumble Rumble man. I'm I'm the Royal Rumble man. I think he was payoff man, mate. I think Luke was going into those deep pockets with his short arms, and they're very short when you're in a bar, and the pockets are very deep when you're getting a drink. But when it was to payoff for how long he was in the Royal Rumble. I think he got hold of those dollars real smartly because he got away with murder on both of them.
1: Hey, hey, Butch, Butch, you know who put the Royal Rumble together? Yeah, Pat Patterson. Yeah, Pat Patterson, yeah. Well, yeah, Pat, yeah, Pat, yeah. Pat Pat, liked me. He didn't like you oh, so was- much.
0: The one that, that so many of us remember is the MSG moment. And that's just got to right. be like the coolest thing. You're in there with right. your tag team partners, your friends, you're dancing. Then, of course, Rikishi eliminates you. But... Right do you remember the process of being told how that was going to come together and, and all that? Because occasionally we see those entertaining moments, Ernest Miller in Oh four, but this, this is the one that stands out.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, I think that was definitely a career highlight. You know, if you look back, like, I know it's the Royal rumble, you know, it's Madison square garden. It's sold out. It's in the peak of the attitude era. Like, and we just stopped the rumble and do the dance and blow the roof off the place. Like, it's it's one of those things. You go, okay? Nobody can ever take this away from us. Like we had this magical moment out there that was awesome, and I can remember. I didn't know about it till the day of the rumble, and I walked in and I saw the the lineup on the wall, and I can remember Pat Patterson explaining it to us. Right, he was he was there like right at that moment. He kind of gave us a rough rough idea about what was going to happen. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things when it happens. Even you know when he's telling you, you don't realize you know, 20 something years later, it's going to be still such a cool thing, right?
0: I I love it. And then there was another moment and uh, one of the first wrestling seminars I ever went to, one of the pieces of advice was you don't have to bump to put somebody over. No. And then there was the Undertaker-Maven situation and your facial reactions put over everybody in the ring to me. I watched that again recently and I was like, that that just made Undertaker look even even more menacing. It, right. it made you look smarter because you're like, what what should I be doing here? And it yeah, made yeah. what happened to Maven accelerate even more because right. this veteran that we have seen in the ring with all kinds of people is like, that's pretty messed up.
2: Yep.
0: What was that like for you? Uh, please explain anything that went into preparing for that or anything behind the scenes of like instructions or. or anything So there were like two.
3: That. So I don't know. There's there were two Royal Rumble with. Moments with Taker because yes. it was I came out with Maven, yes. but then there was the when Kane my music rings. hit Kane and Undertaker were the only two guys standing yes. in the ring staring down the aisle at me. Um,
0: so, oh, so yeah, maybe that was the one where where Kane was in there and and
3: you were yeah. like. Eh. Should I be yeah, doing? Yeah, because I this? usually come out dancing and jump around. Mixed and I just kind up, of walked yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. The thing about I always had a regret with the. I mean, it played out perfectly, but I felt like it could have been even better with Kane and Undertaker. If when I finally got in there, I pulled out two pairs of yellow glasses, like I wanted yeah. them to dance, you know. And then he just goozled me and choke slammed me, but. Who knows? It turned out awesome, anyways, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to think back. Like, I really probably was in the Royal the royal Rumble, all the rumbles I was in a combined of like a minute, but they were pretty cool moments, right? And then
0: there was the one where you got attacked by Muhammad Hassan <laughs> before yeah, you could right. even get yeah. into the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I, think I may that, have mixed. Think, go ahead, sorry.
4: I
3: think wasn't that the same one with, with when uh Maven eliminated Taker or not? No, no, no. I guess it wasn't. Hassan, it was, a was,
0: Hassan was 05. Uh, Maven and Taker, I believe, was I th- 01 yeah, or 02. That sounds right. Yeah. That
3: sounds right. Yeah. Crazy. So I'm still in one of those Rumbles, right? Because yeah, yeah. I never actually got in there.
0: So I did a feature, I want to say like five years ago, where I took all the people who had like not made it to the Rumble or eliminated themselves or had been eliminated by somebody who was already eliminated. And like your name came up several times. And I was like, man, that poor guy. Yeah, yeah, within storyline that guy got screwed
3: like <laughs> yeah yeah but you know what if i had just gone out there and stayed in there for 15 minutes with none of that nobody would remember any of that i see you I, know that's the crazy yeah. part right
0: i would have loved if they did a thing where it's like well scotty didn't make it to the ring in 05 give him like a title match on smackdown that would have been like an easy right. thing to do right, right there one of the funniest moments of all time in a royal rumble match didn't even happen in a traditional royal rumble it was at the greatest royal rumble and what we now know is Titus World Slide, but that was far from the only funny moment. And we spoke to so many people that were there, both for Titus World Slide, as well as some backstage antics with the great Kali and Hornswoggle. Pretty interesting one in 2018, the uh, greatest Royal Rumble, which was. Oh uh, God, does that even count? It was the does greatest in number. It was not the greatest in quality yeah, that they, much. They just use
4: it at, like they just use it. They just use the name basically yes. to sell a show. Right? Well, they they do
0: that all the time. Yeah. Every time they go yeah. to Saudi Arabia, they do something completely arbitrary. King of the yeah. Ring, the greatest wrestler in the world, yeah. the World Cup, the greatest tag team ever, mm-hmm. and this is the greatest Royal Rumble. What do you remember about being told? Oh, yeah, we're doing a fifty-man Royal Rumble.
4: Uh, I don't remember much, but I do remember the like rumor swirling, which I'm. I, I think you know. Let's just throw an allegedly in front of this. We're true that like. The Saudis had, like, a list of demands. It, and it was true. that's why all that. It was true. That's why it's allegedly true. And that's why, if you watch that thing, like, every, <clears throat> like, freak-sized guy from NXT was randomly there. Like, people who've never even wrestled yet were there. Yeah. Uh, Yokozuna was one of the rumors, like, a, that they
0: wanted Yokozuna there. I guess and, they asked
4: for Yokozuna in Ultimate Warrior was oh, the rumor.
0: I told Falaba, he should have went up to Scott Demore and been like, pay up, buddy, or I'm jumping shit. But ship. then we
4: had a, a legitimate sumo there yes. and i remember who spoke japanese and not english and had never wrestled before in his life and like jamie noble's like running this huge meeting telling us what's going on he's like
2: all right and then uh
4: sumo brother's gonna come out there and we're just like and he's just standing there has no clue what's going on man it was like kind of surreal to be part of how long was that meeting because it's a 50-man Royal rumble i think they were doing it in sections they were like basically like when okay. you're out you can walk away until it got down to you know who was i don't even remember who won it. Braun? Braun, braun braun won? won it braun braun won it braun uh I think I, I do a f- funny spot with Braun. Like, I run away from him, and then he beats the crap out of me on the ramp. And I had like the ramp implanted on me because it hurt so bad. So Brian
0: Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson was in all but one minute of that. Did he have to hang around for every
4: section? No, you just kind of get your thing and <laughs> in, in scram. Yeah, Cause like, it was this massive, like, almost like an indoor uh, soccer field thing. We we're all standing there talking it out on. I was interested because. Like I don't think anybody else did more than like 34, 35
0: minutes, and he was in there for an hour sixteen, which probably was something that he wanted to do. Um, knowing, of course, knowing a sicko.
4: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's also the the Titus Fall too, correct? Yes. So which I was in in Gorilla for because I'm I come out like right after, and it was like people laughing in a way I've never seen people laugh in my in my life. I mean, like crippling <laughs> with laughter, like wild. So
0: what? Was there any concern for his safety?
4: No, that was like such an afterthought because obviously he was fine because he just he popped right out. You know, if he was under there for a minute, I think people would have got scared. But he didn't even give you time to be concerned. He came right back, right out. So everyone just lost it. Like no way that just happened. A couple spots
0: after you was Great Kali, and I gosh, I can't even remember who it was that had told this story. But they told me a story about how when he was in one of his early Rumbles, he didn't speak great English. And he was throwing people and he was legitimately amazed at how far he was throwing people. And while he did it, he was like,
1: fuck. Wow.
4: I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I've been around Kali since day one. Cause he was a deep South guy in like Oh six or whatever, right yeah. before he debuted. And me and broski would have to stay after practice and just get demolished by him oh, so We've known him for a long time that you're drawing all these funny memories. So I remember during that day, cause we hadn't seen him in a while. We were bullshit with him sitting in catering and like the boys kind of ball busting yeah and we were making fun of him that he knows like nobody's name even though he's been around us for like 10 15 years or whatever yeah It's like hey man everyone's just whatever and like i so love it gallows who knows him like very well was with him in deep South, like wrestling him a million times he's like hey Kali, what or dalit maybe even said to make a point yeah. like what what's my name he goes drew and we were like holy shit he knows his name whatever and then uh wyndham Br- Bray wyatt tries to go Kali, what about me what what's my what's my real name and he goes Michael Hayes, man. <laughs> and we, I mean, you talk about like a locker room pop. I mean, the boys fucking exploded. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. So yeah, getting
0: in for a show like that, it was the first one there. Mm-hmm. I had people telling me like it was a nightmare at the time, like navigating like through the airport or whatever it was. Or maybe maybe it was just once they got out. Like what was the process of, of getting from – plane to venue because from what i understand it was like plane to venue venue to plane for a lot of people they didn't sightsee or anything but then i had other people saying that they did
4: so i had gone in like 2016 right when i came back and like a regular european tour style Mm -hmm. we went there first before it became a big thing um so i had been and i just i knew what i was you know expecting but there's always like oh don't let your tattoos show and all this like crazy stuff but then it's like not like that like, I remember I went to, like, a Gold's gym with Finn Balor and, like, people had their tank tops and tats. It just wasn't as strict as it was we were meant to, like, be in fear of, yeah. I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, And I had been there a couple times by then. And it was just whatever. I've, I've had this thing, like, if you want to be a successful professional wrestler, you have to succumb to traveling. Yes. And I can just, like, black out. I can just, like, it is what it is. Oh, 12-hour plane ride? Sure. Oh, I'm delayed? Okay. I can just, I've done it for so long. I'm just, like, numb to it. And it is what it is. And that even if it means going all the way to Saudi, you know. And then you were in the 2019 Royal Rumble. And you
0: actually got one of the quickest eliminations in Royal Rumble history. You eliminated Titus in a few seconds,
4: right? Yes. That was, that was really fun, actually. Um, I was always jealous. I always thought, even though he's like one of my best friends, I thought the year before I should have had Heath spot because I was doing the losing sure. streak. And he's on the ramp. I thought that was an awesome spot. But they weren't like. I was doing the losing streak thing and Heath really wasn't doing anything on TV, but he's so lovable and he just had that role like in history in WWE, so he the, could fill that role whenever. The twenty twelve
0: spot of him getting his ass whipped by legends is was so good. Yeah. Oh the so, best. Yeah.
4: The best. And he cried all through that, like, my inner are jobbing me out, man. And we're like, dude, this is one of the coolest <laughs> spots you're ever gonna do in your career. Yeah. I think <sighs> oh, now he thinks of it like that, but back yeah. then he was like, you know, hoping to be champ. Oh, um so I was like real jealous about that he got to do because 'cause I'm like, damn, I like losing streak deal. In that spot like keep getting drilled by guys on the ramp would have ruled and then to finally be in a real rumble in a massive state you know baseball stadium and stuff was so cool uh and to have like a cool spot it wasn't like forgettable i thought it was was great i got a nice little pop that was right when that was like the losing streak was so deep that the crowd was starting to turn for me because they felt bad for me too so I got a nice little reaction I thought it was it was a pretty cool moment one of the things I always wanted to see was you in a Royal Rumble and Kofi Kingston to land on
0: the bicycle drive it around the ring and then get back in
5: <laughs> that would have been that would have been a great spot to do but I, we never got a chance to do it I, I got I got uh, taken out one time by big con <laughs> she threw <laughs> me out <laughs> That was terrible I was like, Uh, man, do I have to do this? (laughs) Yeah, I've (laughs) I've always been so
0: fascinated with how the Royal Rumbles work, and you were a part of several of them, including one over in Saudi Arabia. How different was the one in Saudi Arabia to work through than the normal ones? Because we're talking about 20 more people in that than usual
5: Yeah, but the good thing about that, that it was uh, each of us would go out like and, and after a certain time. It wasn't that it wasn't everybody in the ring at the same time. Like mm. they usually, we started with like thirty people in the ring and we start like battling it out. This was like one after I think after a minute or after thirty seconds, yeah, they would yeah. send somebody out and they would give us a little time to actually do some cool moves in the ring and, and things like that. So that was the difference about that one. It wasn't it wasn't like a big big crazy smosh everybody in oh, there. Oh, just you know? it's the the typical battle royals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that was that that but yeah it was long, and that was the epic, uh, uh Titus O'Neil slip. Oh, remember? Oh God! Man, yeah. And and the, the, I know I know a lot of people when they think about it they laugh, and uh, we we laughed in the back. It was crazy. But then if, if you really look at the the look at back, if if you if we would have had the old wrestling ring where they had like the, the screen, imagine he would have he could have you know really hurt himself, broken his neck or something. But good thing that the ring. You know he could have gone underneath and there was like a little uh like a barrier also in the middle and he went on the side he would have hit it he would something really bad could have happened so inside of all that you know funny stuff that happened that that was my way of thinking like man like you could have really hurt yourself or something really bad could have happened but uh, I'm glad that he didn't. It. it was just a funny moment, and and I got to live that. It was it was a lot of fun. He's a good guy too. He, he is a
0: great guy. I've always yeah. gotten along well with him. And I mean, he's being yeah. recognized, which is really great yeah. in in the Hall yeah. of Fame. So yeah, I, how was Saudi Arabia for you? I know you went over there a few times. You had went over there before the deal too, but you were also on the the not so great
5: <laughs> trip. Yeah, too. that it wasn't fun at all. Like, uh, a lot of the a lot of the boys were really upset. A lot of the boys were really we felt that that the company let us you know let us down in that sense of like just keeping us out there. They didn't they didn't really care you know they they were coming up with all these excuses about the plane not leaving because they were ordering apart. They had to come from a different place and this and that. But I think we all know the truth. You know. Had, had you heard <laughs> yeah, that yeah.
0: Vince had had a disagreement with? The head no, guy over there, because
5: that's that's no, what... we didn't, we, we didn't. In that moment, we didn't know at all. Yeah, no idea what was going on. until like, like, I think the next day, then we actually were uh, like, we were there for like a day and a half, like and uh, like being. Ho- I felt like I was being a hostage, being like in a country like what do I do? Like a lot of the guys were like thinking, I uh, should I get up? I'm I'm gonna go to the airport and buy a, myself a ticket and go back. Like we can't leave. Like what are you talking about? Like. <laughs> like if, if they gave the order from up there nobody can leave the country so it was just sad to be able to realize that you know that and that true they didn't care you know they left the the bosses left and they left they left us there stranded and see when they get back and and so a lot of the guys actually when they, that happened they went to the office and said they didn't want to go back
0: yeah I know Andrade was yeah. one of those people. And uh, Andrade,
5: uh, Kevin Norton, some of the guys actually I think Daniel Bryan said it too. And yeah, some of the guys that were like, Oh, we don't want to go back and and, uh, and it's understandable, you know. Dude. We had a meeting after that. It that's was, what I was about to ask day, you about that. It was a bunch of like just going here and there, like nothing nothing concrete said about what happened. <laughs> and that's
0: a big money deal for them. So for a lot of their top mm-hmm. guys to be like, We're not going
5: back, that that hits hard. Yeah, but a lot of the guys get paid the same. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't like they were getting paid extra. They were making a lot of money, but not the guys. Yeah, only the only some of the guys were really getting you know a lot of money. Other than that, the the guys that were soldiers like me, they were always there. Not really. It wasn't like they were going to get this big bonus. Not true. Yeah.
0: How right. was that put together? How did that that maybe differ from traditional battle royals in WWE? Because that one seems like it would take a little bit longer. But I've had other people say. Well, it wasn't that bad. It was like I think it was Sin Cara that was telling me, "No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It was, it was. There was a formula that they followed to make it happen." But what do you remember about that?
8: Yeah, I, I'm kind of going to go with 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 Jorge there and say that there was a there was a formula that they very much followed, where it was like they knew, like they knew we were going to line up certain guys, and then those guys were going to get eliminated. But for me, <laughs> for me, it was easy because I, here's a scoop. They came right in, and they were like, all right, Mike, I don't remember what number I was, a fifth, sixth, maybe, (laughs) out of 12. I have no idea. But they go, you have the bushwhacker spot. And I went, "Oh, awesome. And everyone knew what that was. I went, so, hold on. You flew me away from my two-week-old daughter so I could come to do the bushwhacker. Okay. Thank God you're paying me a lot of money for that because – yeah. And I remember like, I was getting ready. I was oiling up in the trainer room and uh, Orton, who's <laughs> always been so good to me. I don't know why, but he's always gone above and beyond and just been so kind to me. Um, he's like, Hey, what? Like, he's always, like, he was always the guy that was like, I, I hope you get in a spot. Like I hope yeah. you see. And like, um, and so I'm oiling up, I'm getting ready and Orton comes in. He's like, Oh, what are you doing in the rumble? I was like, I got the bushwhacker spot and he just stopped and he went <laughs> really. And I went, Yeah. He's like, I was like, I'm going to make the most of it. He's like, it's all you can do. You know, it was just one of those things. But like, so I, I was just like, I'm going to come out. I talked to Mark Henry. I was like, here's what we're going to do. Cool. Whatever. And at at the end of the day, you just got to, you got to laugh it off and make the most of it.
0: So it's funny. You mentioned this. I I collect these rumble stories and like it every year I'm doing an inside the Royal Rumble feature. I spoke to the Bushwhackers for the next (laughs) edition. So I'm going to be able to group this. (laughs) And <laughs> yes. like,
8: and like a chapter. And yeah. I mean, you got, you did, you all did get pretty big paydays for that though. Right. Yeah. No, they, they, they took care of us. They, uh, and then it, it, it progressively started getting uh, to the point where guys were like, well, we're not going to go over it. I mean, once mm-hmm. all the news started to break and all that stuff, a lot of guys were kind of like, we're not going over unless you pay us more. Cause a lot of guys didn't feel safe sure. or a lot of guys didn't want to, cause they morally, they felt <laughs> wrong. I, I was one of them. I was like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with what went down anymore and of it's course. like you you have to you have to make this worth my while as a as a dad if I'm going to leave my kids it's got to be worth my while. Do you remember the sumo guy that came in right after you? Yes. That yes. was that was very random. You're so random. But I, so what I've heard is they wanted Yokozuna. Yes. What I heard is they wanted Yokozuna and someone had to explain to the Prince that he was no longer alive. So they were like, just get, just get any, any sumo wrestler. So when
0: I heard that, I told Falaba, I was like, you better be telling Impact. Pony up the dough, cause I'm in demand. I can pull off Yokozuna. Yeah. (laughs) They were also
8: going to do a, um, a Hornswoggle match too that they ended up cutting. So they actually brought over a guy whose his name's Robbie Arujo, who's a uh, independent wrestler. They flew him over there and he did nothing. He was supposed to wrestle Hornswoggle. Flew him over there, he did absolutely nothing. I didn't know that at all. But, I know who yeah, you're but, talking yes. about. Uh cuz yeah.
0: cuz his his gimmick is that he's the giant, Robbie the Giant Arujo. I remember it's like it.
8: I think he did JBL like yeah. uh or JWL or whatever they were doing at the time, yes. but yeah, yeah, they brought him over. And then they just completely canned it. What was, what was the
0: process of that? Like, I mean, that's a giant one. That's 50 people. How did that differ from, I think it was the 2017 rumble you did. Was it messier? Did they structure it different? How did that work?
9: Um, that one was kind of funny actually. So I have an Arab background. My dad, half of my dad's family lives in Saudi. My whole family speaks Arabic and, um, I'm learning. Um, so we'll, every time we would go to Saudi, it was uh, they'd always send me over a week or two ahead of time, you know, for for PR, for promos, community service, whatever we could do. And I always, I always wanted to go. I loved it. Um, it was great, and I, I would get to see my family. So that was always one of my favorite parts of of the gig over the the past, you know, nine ten years was was moments like this, um, especially international travel. The Saudi Battle Royal was funny because they were trying to figure out who they wanted to be as kind of their like figurehead or spokesperson for that market. Yeah. For all promos, it was me. You know, like they had they had me in that role. But, you know, they brought in Mansoor, whose family's also from Saudi. He looks so you know he looks arab i don't look arab at all and uh they were trying to figure out like uh do we use them both do we do we use one so i remember it was just so funny because in the creative meeting they're like all right who are we gonna have win this thing and there was some people that wanted mansoor and there was some people that wanted wanted me and they're like dude mojo's already on the main roster he's already been here for for promo and whatnot let's use him and they, they decided to use mansoor and i'm so happy for him he's worked his butt off uh in a lot of different ways to to be the representative there but i just remember it was funny because i guess when they decided mansoor was gonna be the guy they were like well shoot we can't have We can't have two Arab representatives in the ring at the same time. It's going to split the crowd. We got to, we got to get Mojo out of this thing ASAP. So I think they're like first commercial break, just toss out Mojo and just get him out of there. So it doesn't split the crowd. And and that's what happened. So it was was kind of funny. I was like, guys, you do realize I've been here for two weeks, like on (laughs) TV every day in the region. Like you're aware of this, right? Like, you know, we could do like a tag team thing over here or, I could always be the heel to you know build them up or whatever you guys want. What was their reaction
0: whatever. to that? Did they did they just dismiss it or were they just like, eh? Well, I never. You never know what actually
9: goes on behind the closed doors. I had just heard that this was one of the conversations that was had, so it was, it was funny. But Mansoor's done a hell of a job over there, and again, he he is the part, but he also looks the part too.
0: <laughs> That's a fair point. You also threw out a couple people in, I think, the greatest Royal Rumble, Tyler Breeze, Fandango. Do they they hit you up, at, or do they tell you beforehand, hey, you're throwing these people out, get with them, figure out how you're going to do it?
9: Man, those things are all over the place, bro. Yeah, there's usually, like, a, a little list, but a lot of it's, you know, kind of, you know, on the fly. You might get some pointers while you're in there. Yeah. Um, you know, there isn't, like, a set list, like, all right, number one, this guy eliminates that guy. I mean, sometimes there are, but that's – when you got 50 people, you can't wait in succession because it's just going to take too long and no one can see across the ring, you know, to know who's been el- eliminated, let alone know who's left. So it's uh, it gets crazy, man. Those things can be can be a blur.
0: One of the things people love the most about the Royal Rumble is surprises. And a few years ago, we had a big win in former NWA WCW champion, Jeff Jarrett, when I spoke to him promoting his My World podcast on ad-free shows, he opened up a little bit to me about when he found out and exactly how much preparation he got for his Rumble appearance. Fairly recently, when you appeared as a surprise in the Royal Rumble, how did, how did that come about? How were you approached and how did you react? Obviously, you eventually said yes, but
10: now this could be, a, 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 it will be probably no encounter, a lengthy podcast, but you know, from the hall of fame, the previous year, and then fast forward 12 months, the, the discussions and, um, times lack of discussions and, 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 and I'll say the one-on-one discussions. but when it came about, it literally, I left, uh, the morning. Uh, i just, the, the quick real, I mean, the very condensed version that goes into it. I left my house. I want to say it was a Friday. Yeah, it was either, no, Thursday or Friday morning. And, um, excuse me, was in the gym, got the call. And, uh, hey, well, first got a text. Can you talk? Sure. (laughs) Uh, And so I said, let me finish my workout. Went out to the car, took the call. And that was like nine days before Royal Rumble. Uh, I mean, I'm like, you realize that event is next weekend. Thanks for the heads up. I'm glad that I'm still in the gym and ready to go, but no, the the call came quickly and and the layers that go into it and then really, quite frankly, what transpired out of that uh, is is a cool story. And Conrad, uh, a couple of times over the last, I'll say, 60 days, uh, when we just touched on different things and had some text exchanges, and I'll say, you just wait till the mic's hot on this one. It, hey, it's wait. one of those stories that uh, it's going to be exciting.
0: I want one scoop out of that. Did you have to get new gear made or did you wear old gear?
10: Now, Sean, you are really telling on yourself. If you watched, you would have known that ain't new no gear. I mean, <laughs> I
11: cracked
10: up. Uh, I'll leave this. When we get to that episode, some comments were made through headsets and that question was asked. They said, Where the hell did he get this? And somebody said that. And then the answer to was, he dug it out of his pack rack closet. I've never oh. thrown anything away. What's funny is that hat, that is the original hat that they saved. So hats off to the WWE warehouse. But no, that hat uh, has seen its better day. But uh, no, that was all original
0: gear. That isn't the only Royal Rumble I want to ask about. Because I've, I've actually been looking for somebody to tell me a little bit about this. You were a part of a Royal Rumble that happened off TV in 94, it was, like, right before the 94 Rumble. It was at uh, Madison Square Garden, and it was just out of nowhere. Owen Hart ended up winning that. Do you remember, like, what you all were told about doing a Royal Rumble the week before? You know, no.
10: I, I, I mean, the ins and outs, and I would have to refresh my memory, but I can just remember, you know, back then, obviously, the world has changed. Um, we're sitting here talking on, on on a Zoom call in video, and it, it's going to be online in just a minute, but, you know, in—, in what was that 94 yeah um the 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 quote-unquote the pay-per-view was in providence if i recall correctly yeah. but the amount of events we did back then you know we were 10 days on three days off four days on three days off and so it was just a complete churn and it was another live event that we cranked out obviously it was a garden and all the, every time you step foot in, in the big apple in, in that arena it's special but but it's like oh wow this is different and and um you Know, like I said, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, but it's a unique story. The that, that day of the Royal Rumble with, with Yoko and it's and Savage, Savage is the one who eliminated me and going around and Pat Patterson in the room, and him telling Savage walking up to me and said, Hey, I volunteered, I'm gonna eliminate just all the cool stuff that goes into the making of that match.
0: I've always been so fascinated with that and like how they put that together because you got to manage so many people. And managing egos in wrestling and personalities in wrestling when you've got a bunch of very vivid personalities to begin with, 30 of them at a time, and you got to do it once a year. That's that's what, like, how did you manage it as, like, at the show itself when you were producing? Like, did you have any hand in that?
10: Well, I mean, you know, that one, obviously not. I was just a talent. But as we get into the TNA years and we called it Don't Look for the Gold and the ins and outs and the ebbs and flows and, uh, you know, uh, Chris Park, uh, the Monster Abyss, um, he had a real good mind. There, there are certain guys that, that have the ability to step back and look at all 30 or 20 competitors or 40 competitors or whatever. And that's really what you have to do. You have to take a step back and look at the big picture and make sure that, the, like, whether it's a one-on-one match or a triple threat or a tag or a six-man tag, you, you got to have the ebbs and flows, the roller coaster, as you will, if you will, the ups and downs that that really tell the viewer, the consumer, uh, the right story. And and it, it it's a real fascinating thing that that uh, I that when people hear it for the first time, they're like, I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Conrad, we've had those kind of conversations that that he says, Jeff, you're going to bring a different perspective. And I'm like, I've been around it since I was a teenager. A lot of things come second nature because I've heard it over and over, but it's brand new to other folks.
0: Not all the surprises in the Royal Rumble are people who have been gone from the company or are making a big return. Sometimes it's within the company themselves. NXT has been a third brand for WWE for several years now. And of the last several years, they've dipped into that NXT pool to create some unique moments. We spoke to some big parts of that NXT roster, or at least that used to be a part of that NXT roster, about the process of being added to the Royal Rumble match. I'm always interested about people's Royal Rumble experiences, and you had a pretty cool one because you came out as as a surprise in 2018. How far ahead did you you find out about that? And I mean, a, a guy your age, you probably grew up adoring the Royal Rumble, I would imagine.
12: Yeah, not only that, so for, to answer the first part of your question, I found out less than 24 hours before, um, I was pulled into a room after TakeOver. Uh, and Triple H was the one who told me, he goes, hey, congratulations, you're gonna be in the in the Royal Rumble tomorrow. And this was right after my Extreme Rules match with Aleister Black. Um, but aside from just being such a massive fan of the Royal Rumble, that one was in Philadelphia. <laughs> and I used to go to shows in Philadelphia all the time that was like I would get there at noon and it has a certain parking lot where you could sit there and you could watch all the guys show up in their cars or limos or whatever Um, so I can't tell you how many events I've been to in Philly so to be able to do the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia where I trained to be a wrestler where I would go to shows all the time uh, and as a surprise and for the fans to be excited about it I was like Oh, my God, what a massive thing to check off the bucket list. So it was awesome.
0: You were in the Royal Rumble in 2019. How far out did you hear that you were going to be a part of that? And, and what was your reaction? Because if if you grew up watching Doc Hendricks and Todd Pettingill, you probably yeah. grew up
7: watching a whole lot of Royal Rumbles, too. Yeah, Royal Rumble was always my, like, one of the main things I wanted to do here. Royal Rumble was my favorite pay-per-view, is my favorite pay-per-view. So to just get the chance to be in it, I actually found out. So... I had a feeling like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I kind of got a vibe from people like, oh, I might be in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I did not know for sure. I didn't find out for sure until literally the night before at takeover, takeover just ended. And I think Hunter pulled us all aside, like me, Alistair, Pete Dunn, and uh, told us that we were going to be in the Royal Rumble the next night. And like I said, it was weird because I had a feeling. Candice was told that she was going to be in the Royal Rumble earlier that week. So she yeah. already knew she was going to be in it uh but so i kind of got the vibe that i was going to be in it too and then i was officially told the night before at like 11 30 at night that i had to get ready for the royal rumble uh so i had to tell like i told like my mom because she was in town for takeover like hey maybe you should stay uh and go to the royal rumble too because i'm in the royal rumble <laughs> so like it was cool because candace's parents and my mom got to go to the royal rumble the next day and see us in the royal rumble and just and it was a cool cool thing and it's just like i said it's my favorite pay-per-view of all time so to get the chance to be in it is just amazing man
0: got an elimination there as well so i, mean, I did uh, gender right I, I did i got rid of gender and i mean so so when when you're talking with him about that is he like like I, I know that in the past pat patterson rest his soul would set a lot of those up but i know it's changed in recent years when you're when you're going over that with him are you like i mean he's a big jack he's a big boy dude how are, how are you f- kind of figuring that out
7: uh you're kind of just like luckily enough like i've been with nxt in the company long enough where i have a, a decent reputation so it's not just like a random guy in a, yeah. in aurora rumble like they know it's like kind of a, a cool deal so everyone was like just on the same page to kind of make the best of the situation and and make a cool moment happen uh and like it, it's just i like you said like he is a big dude but i think I, i've been in this company long enough where i know like everyone's kind of a big dude compared to me <laughs> it ain't in a way shape in a way shape or form they are uh but i mean i, I love the fact that we've kind of gotten beyond that now yeah and size really doesn't matter as much anymore like got a guy like daniel bryan who kind of kicked that door down for us so i always
0: look straight to ufc i mean a lot of the best athletes in the world are, are lighter they're leaner mm-hmm. they're faster and I think that, that's been a long way. You had won a, a Royal Rumble in Chikara, didn't you?
7: Uh, like 10 years ago. Cesaro was, was in it. Yes. So that was the, I'm trying to remember the exact name for it. It was like a special stipulation one where I won, I believe I won like a, it was kind of a money in the bank situation where I won a, a title match wherever I, whenever I wanted. And I, I wanted, I believe I used it as a chance for the Young Lions Cup on Frightmare, if my memory yes. serves me correct- correctly. Do you, uh,
0: do you remember the person you last eliminated in that? No. Chase Parker.
7: Did Chase Parker? Yes. Oh, wow. I, I'm going to tell him next time I see him now. <laughs> Chase I'm gonna Parker.
1: Say,
7: I, I talk all the time with those guys, how like people don't know. But we like me and, and Chuck Taylor, Like we had quite the feud with 3.0 yeah. in, in Chikara. Like, we wrestled those guys a bunch. So those are two guys like ever rise. Obviously I'm talking about yeah. ever rise are two guys who I think are, I think the world of, I think they have so much potential and I'm super excited. Now they're, they're like, they, they are the definition of kind of, I know like I have a history of, you know, the DIY mentality and doing it yourself, but those two guys are currently doing it themselves that ever rise live. That whole bit they're doing is just, is just going to the next level for them. And I, I, I can't wait to hopefully get in the ring with them one day again on NXT. Nowadays, we get double the Royal Rumbles because women are in on the action, which means we
0: get double the surprises and double the NXT entrance. It's very similar how the men's and women's side of things ended up hearing about how they'd be in the Royal Rumble. But as a result, we get a lot more exposure for a lot of younger names, even for some of them like Chelsea Green, who made their name elsewhere. Rumble, you popped up there, looked like a star there. People still use the GIF, like like anytime something's happening with you, there's the shh gif, gif, whatever it's called up there. How were you told that it was gonna happen and what goes into the process of working a Royal Rumble match?
13: Nobody told me I was gonna be in the Royal Rumble. You just showed um, up that that's
0: what you do. Yeah, you just yeah, up. Up yeah. No, but
13: Nobody told me. I actually had heard the year I got hired. I got hired um, in um, what,
7: 2019?
13: 2018. Okay, so I got hired October 2018. Um, I had heard that my name had been thrown around for that Royal Rumble uh, in 2019 um, to debut or not debut but come out for the Royal Rumble as the Hot Mess. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, you know, I, I heard that and that is awesome. Like, that was cool. So, then when it came to the royal rumble robert stone and i did talk about like this is a possibility this year you know you're you're on tv you're you've done it you've done a couple of of main events and, and raws and you're on nxt tv this could happen um but we never heard anything and then we got a uh notification in our WWE app saying that there is a dress rehearsal for the Royal rumble that you're needed for. <laughs> so I was like, wait. So I texted him like, wait, are we in it?
11: What's happening? Are
0: so we- you're, you're in Florida at this time. The pay per is in what Arizona or Houston? I can't remember. Yeah. I know it was Not at the baseball.
13: Arizona. Arizona was the one I would have been on okay. it was the next
0: year. So yeah, it was Houston then, uh, the baseball stadium. So what do you have to like hop on a flight like immediately or
13: yeah so it was like I believe like the day before like so I got that and then I got um all my flight information and it was like maybe the next day or something like that but luckily we had spoken about it so I was ready you know I I'm always ready with gear always like you know I didn't know if I was going to be in Wrestlemania In in 2020, but I had WrestleMania gear ready and I had backup WrestleMania gear ready and I had SmackDown and Raw, you know, just in case they wanted me to debut gear ready. Wow. So I'm good. I'm good on that front. Like I had that pink outfit ready and planned for the Royal Rumble in case. But you
2: have
0: been in the last two Royal Rumbles. And I mean, it's wild to think. I mean, categorically different Royal Rumbles because of the state that the world is in. How did they differ this year? Because... I mean, I, obviously, I'm trying to poke around and find out everything I can about the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite event of the year. Same. <laughs> but, like, I would, I would hear people say that they were like, well, this year, some of the surprise entrants, we would see them walking around in the hallway the, the night before. And it's like, yeah, it like, it's like <laughs> How was that different for you coming from NXT both years from a stadium show to one without fans?
14: It still meant a lot to me for, uh, to be included in this year's one. Obviously, uh, any of the girls included from NXT. And given they couldn't include as many just because of the circumstances with COVID and things like that, it, they had to keep it pretty uh, low-key in terms of invite, You know, the number of girls they could use. But it still meant a lot to me just because the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view too. And, and growing up watching it, it was... I think it's just this weird thing when you're watching it, you're constantly getting excited or like every few minutes a new entrant comes out. It's like this, this amazing match is filled with surprise and shock, shock returns. Um, but last year's one was crazy. And the entrance itself in that stadium, that was, that was all I needed. I didn't care about the rest of whatever I was doing because like I could have been in there for one second. It wouldn't have mattered because the vibe of, The live crowd especially a big pay-per-view like that took my breath away and um we us nxt girls also got to watch the uh the men's match too later on that night and none of us knew edge (laughs) was coming back so we're just sitting up top um and it happens oh my god like that moment was insane and we were all like little kids again it was cool
0: it was so funny because when i would talk to wrestlers this year they'd be like Well, yeah, of course
14: we saw Christian
0: running around backstage, but he's like, he's there, he's there for stuff all the time. Like not all the time, but, but he's just, he's there to do like digital stuff and to do shows. And then he's, he's in the match and people are like, you're in the match.
14: (laughs) See, I didn't even see him. So it was still a a surprise to me. So I think that's a benefit of being an NXT. (laughs) And
0: and to your point about constantly getting excited, I battled ADHD for most of my life and and it's hard to hyper focus on something, but when you have a new person coming out every minute and a half, it's like, oh, you have something else to divert your attention to, or to be excited about, or to. Yeah. I think it's it's really perfect for a wrestling audience, and that's why it's stood the test of time.
14: Yeah, for sure.
0: As far as finding out you were in it, how did that differ this year? Because I would I heard varying things about that too.
14: Yeah. So so last year. uh pretty sure it was the day after, um, worlds collide. So it was, uh, after mine and, oh no, we didn't have the street fight there. Sorry. It was, we had just a little promo me and Tegan in that show. Um, and we all got told like after that, so <laughs> it was very last minute. We were all rushed in the bus, like to go get ready for it. And, and that was cool. That was super, super cool. Uh, this year we found out a few weeks prior, which was also cool. Um, it was myself. Ember, Shotzi, and Rhea, and then uh, Tony as well. We were all pulled into like Coach Bloom's office and told. They, they really like sharing that information with us because it's oh, such a cool, exciting time. And, and us girls were super, super happy. And it was it's a nice little moment, you know, like there were no cameras in there. There were no, nothing over the top, but it was just nice for him to deliver that news to us. And it felt special just because of the limitations and restrictions in which M- NXT is being used speaking uh, uh, of, like with Rowan Smackdown
0: you you were a part of that how how was that for you to be told you're in a Royal Rumble match who gives you the news and and says hey by the way you, you got signed a few months ago you're in the Royal Rumble
11: oh uh, yeah I mean that was like a text message the night before hey get <laughs> on a plane um you're going to Texas and then getting there and being like all right here's your number and I'm like what
0: in a baseball stadium at that
11: in front of too many people.
0: <laughs> so how do you prepare mentally for that? How do you even like, do you get any yeah. sleep the night before?
11: No, no. I was <laughs> up in my hotel room just being like, is this real? What is my life? <laughs> I mean, is,
0: was that one of the types of matches? Cause I mean, I know that, For someone your age, War Games maybe wasn't around for a while when you were younger, but the Royal Rumble was there every single year. And as your career gets started, they kick off Women's Royal Rumbles. I mean, like, did did you have like visions of what you would do when you finally got into a match like that?
11: Oh no, not at all. (laughs) I (laughs) I really didn't even have time to think about it. But the Royal Rumble has always been my favorite pay-per-view. Like it has the most surprises. It's so much fun to watch. And like, I was just ecstatic when girls got introduced finally. Um, and to be a part of, you know, the beginning of that. Oh, insane.
0: <laughs> so when you're in a match like that, obviously you're, you're interacting with some people that maybe you don't get to run into every single day. Did you get any interesting feedback or any advice or any help from, from anybody that you looked up to, or maybe just that you just met.
11: I mean, I got some good forearms from Beth Phoenix and that was enough for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now she's calling your matches on Wednesdays.
11: I know it's wild. She's like, you know, cheering me on and then, you know, beating me up. It's great.
0: (laughs) The women on the main roster have plenty of surprises and entertaining moments of their own. One of my personal favorite Mandy and Otis. Mandy and Otis had an unlikely love affair in 2020, and just as Mandy was about to be eliminated from the Royal Rumble, Otis, eager to impress her, rolled from under the ring, and Mandy landed on him. We spoke to her about that, as well as Maria Kanellis, about serving as a surprise entrant well after her in-ring career was done full-time. How did that all come together? Because that was... Just one of those special moments, very early in the life of women's Royal Rumbles.
15: Yeah, that was probably still, you know, top two. Now I have, you know, obviously the women's champion uh, moment. So that that's top number one. But that was definitely one of the top moments in my career because just getting that crowd reaction I mean like you you see it in the video of like when I finally stood back up on the uh the apron and the crowd just like erupted and obviously the fans were really behind um Otis and our storyline and I think it was you know that beauty and the beast type um and just they saw a different side of me as well which was kind of cool and the 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 process of being involved with Dolph and Sonia and there were so many parts to the story and we were really much involved in that storyline um in the creative aspect of it like Sonia and I were really on top of things because we really wanted um to make this storyline and this kind of feud be amazing and um obviously there you know a couple Outlets in the end didn't turn out the best because of the situation, but um, I think overall that was during the pandemic and it was one of those moments at WrestleMania as well, like where we had no fans, but, um, you know, we had like the biggest social reaction, you know, of the year, which was really cool. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, Otis is so much fun to be around, obviously, as you can tell, and he was just, he was just great to work with.
0: Do you remember who cooked up the idea for that? I mean, it was really one of the best spots of that year
15: you know, that spot specifically, I don't remember, but I I know it was a collaboration of a few of us. Um, I want to say it was like, I can't, I can't even remember. It might've been TJ, um, or, uh, Michael Hayes. I forget exactly, (laughs) but we just, yeah, it was, um, I think Johnny Laronitis who was before he, yeah, I think, I I think it was a a bunch of us that kind of just came up with it and, um, it worked out perfectly. Thank God. So, um, it was it was awesome that was a really really fun
0: fun, uh match the women's royal rumble completely different beast completely different uh, from a booking standpoint biologically like i mean there there are different ways that the women's royal rumble works how did you find out you were going to be in this royal rumble
6: um oh gosh i don't know um I, I can't answer that. I'm sorry. I'm sure it was just okay. a text message. I, I'm sure it was a text message from Mark Carano. Because you weren't um, you
0: weren't advertised beforehand. So it was a bit of a surprise to hear your music hit and yeah. and you're out there.
6: hmm Yeah. No, I don't remember exactly how it was. Um, but I was I, I had new clothes and everything was, you know, I was ready to go. So um no, it was it was exciting. All like coming back and wrestling, um, especially because I don't take it so seriously anymore. It's so much fun.
0: And all, all due respect to Mike, you didn't get the bushwhacker spot. You were in there for a while.
6: Uh, I, yeah, and we, I, I was in there for a minute.
0: <laughs> you were in there for about eight minutes, and me and Mike were laughing about that, about how he was told he would get the bushwhacker spot in Saudi Arabia. You hadn't wrestled in a while. I mean, was this just second nature to you? You're like, nah, I can do this in my sleep. We're good
6: i was taken care of i was i was really well taken care of um i had been training um and yeah i i was taken care of by the other girls like they they were so lovely to me they they just took care of me
0: now not everybody that's in the royal rumble is going to have their moment they're not always going to get their shine but you have to have 30 people to fill it out sometimes sometimes you need maybe four people to fill it out In the case of a mini Royal Rumble. Chuck Palumbo never won a Royal Rumble. Doesn't have any particular memorable moments from the Royal Rumble. But he was a part of a couple different kinds. And we spoke to him about his experience. You were a part of a couple of them. And and a lot of the people I talk to, there's not a lot of instruction to be given. They go out there, they get thrown out. You've been in a few and you had some eliminations. Do you remember the process of putting those together? Kind of how they came together? And and any fond or negative memories about the Royal Rumble? You kind of knew what number
16: you were. I remember always, always. There's only a couple of times. I remember <laughs> just trying to remember who was going out before me. You get a lot yeah. of guys, right? Yes. The Royal Rumbles are tough. They're dangerous, number one. They're dangerous. Mm-hmm. There's too many guys in there. Uh, number two, they're just they're all over the place. And then some guys are trying to get you are know, trying to get high spots off in the ring when there's all these guys. It ends up just being a lot of punching and kicking, unfortunately. But I get it. I get the you know I get the whole gimmick. But um, I don't you know to be honest with you, the only thing I remember about the Royal Rumbles, I remember one I believe was maybe maybe at MSG yes when I was doing the biker gimmick and I believe Shawn Michaels was, was in it. And I remember Shawn because you know who I always respected as a work great great talent. I remember he asked told me hey uh you know give me a you know a push pre- overhead press and I remember at the time I had a super nagging uh, rotator injury so i was like i don't know if he was punching me or what we were talking in there but i was like i I can't my shoulder's messed up but i was thinking gosh i was like this guy you know here's a guy who's way over and he's asking me to you know do an overhead military press which i thought was cool um it's all that just basically you know that uh builds my character right Yes. um and i couldn't do it because i my shoulder was shot but um so unfortunately that's one of my memories the other one was I don't know if Austin threw me out of the other one when I was doing the Billion Chuck character.
15: He I might so. have, but
16: we didn't say much. I don't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, was, I just remember they're, they're kind of a cluster, you know?
0: Yeah, it was it was Austin. And, and there were a couple of eliminations you had in that one. There was Godfather and Albert. You and Christian eliminated them. Was, yeah. was that told to you specifically by anybody like, hey, we, we need you two to eliminate these people?
16: I believe yes. I believe, yes, yeah.
0: So, and, and then in 08, I remember John Cena came back that year, and it was a huge, like, surprise. Were you guys clued in? Like, had you all known? Because I know that you came out very early in that Royal Rumble, but I also know WWE has been particular about leaks, and when you're going to be in that match for a few minutes, maybe they don't clue everybody in, but did, had you had any idea? I, I believe I had an idea. Did I know the detail? No, but
16: I think I had an idea. I mean, yeah, they were pretty tight-lipped, but I didn't know exactly what they'd be doing. But uh, who did he go over in that? Was he the
0: yeah the last, it, last man standing? Yeah, yeah, John Cena won. He he came in as the big surprise thirty entrant, yeah. number thirty entrant, and he yeah. won that Royal Rebel at MSG because yeah. he was supposed yeah. to be out for like six seven months with a shoulder injury. Yeah, and
16: yeah. so I, I think I knew most of that, but as far as the detail on how it was going to happen, no.
0: now I know a lot of people might not remember this, but I was so deep into SmackDown at that time you and the FBI had a bit of an angle leading into the 0-4 Rumble. Like, there were a series of matches. There was uh, Benoit and Cena against you guys, and the winners would enter the Royal Rumble, and you guys didn't win that. Like, the running gag was, you guys are trying to get into the Rumble. Then there was a mini Royal Rumble with you, Stamboli, Nunzio, and, and Benoit. And then there was another battle royal where Nunzio beat you and Stamboli, you know, just so he could go in and get speared... By Goldberg, yeah. which was which was good. What do you remember about that story? Do you remember that like being laid out well ahead of time? I know Paul Heyman was instrumental in that era of SmackDown.
16: Yeah, um, being laid out ahead of time. No, I think that was a fly by the seat of the pants thing, as was a lot of things. Um, to have something late for a mid card guy. Or mid card stable to have something laid out three or four weeks in advance—that's <laughs> a rarity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I really didn't know. It, it was a back then. It was a week to week thing. I remember yeah. we had some we had some solid matches with uh, Brock. We had some solid matches with Taker. Um, I just I remember those. I don't remember the matches in particular, but I remember those times. I just remember having solid matches with them and really
0: enjoying it. So like that was. Three consecutive weeks that that happened, so that was sort of like, it was sort of an ongoing story, and you guys were involved with the guy who was going to win the Royal Rumble that year, because right. the, the gimmick was that Paul Heyman did not want Benoit in there. So was it? Were you happy to be involved with that, knowing that he was probably going to be on that ascent, or were you, at that time were you like, I'd rather be doing something else?
16: Um, I think I was content with it. Um, I I' to be honest with you, I was always pretty content with the fact that I was on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously you want to continue to grow. Um, so those were my concerns more than anything else. It was to
0: continue to, uh, to climb the ladder. Ultimately the Royal rumble comes down to two people, the winner who goes on to face the champion at WrestleMania usually, and the loser who's in the same boat with 29 other usually wrestlers. However, Sometimes it's a little bit less than that, as I mentioned earlier. Kurt Angle has been the last entrant eliminated in both a 15-man Royal Rumble in 2004, as well as the Royal Rumble itself in 2002. He has some unique perspective, as does a guy by the name of Drew McIntyre, who won the whole thing in 2020. You were a part of one that I haven't heard many people talk about. It was a Royal Rumble on SmackDown in 04, It was after Benoit had won. So the idea was, well, we'll put the 15 SmackDown guys in a Royal Rumble. Came down to you and Eddie Guerrero. So, I mean, you were a part of multiple, you were part of this Royal Rumble, like, just days after on TV. Do you remember how, like, how that was to put together and how it differed from maybe the pay-per-view Rumbles that you were a part of?
17: Well, the one on TV was a lot less organized. Uh, you know, the the pay-per-view one, they they want to make sure they nail it, and it has to be perfect. Uh, you know, the timing and when guys exit the ring and you know when they come into the ring, uh, it's it, there's a lot of uh, timing issues that you have to make sure you're dead on with. But the uh, the one on SmackDown, we had a little more leeway. We could, you know, it was a it was a pre pre-recorded show, so. If, if someone messed up, we could edit it. So it, it was a little bit different than the regular Royal Rumble matches.
0: So you were in, I think it was two Royal Rumble matches in like, what, two or three days at that point? Because the pay-per-view was just a couple of days yeah. before that. And well,
17: the Royal Rumble matches aren't that difficult. Uh, you know, they you, you do your spots and uh, you pretty much just hang out in the ring and try to chop wood for a while. And, you know, you wait for the next guy to come in to do his little uh, come back on everybody, and then things calm down a little bit. Then somebody gets thrown out of the ring. Then another guy comes uh, down the aisle. They get in the ring. You give them their shine. Uh, so it's it's a continuous process throughout the whole match. It's pretty easy psychology. You just have to know when you're when you're supposed to be feeding the individual and when you're supposed to throw the individual over the top
0: rope. A fun fact on that. Benoit lasted one hour, one minute. But combined with the two Rumbles that you did that week, you lasted like one hour, two minutes, one hour, three minutes. So you spent over an hour in Royal Rumble (laughs) matches that week. And uh, in in the actual Rumble match, you were the guy that eliminated Bill Goldberg. And we had heard at that point he was creatively frustrated. He was heading towards his match with Brock. How was he to work with there and, and in that spot?
17: Well, I, I didn't work with him much. I mean, all I did was snuck up behind him and threw him <laughs> over the top rope. So it, it wasn't that difficult. Uh, sorry, though, I didn't mean that you were hard to throw over the top rope, but it, it was an easy spot to do. It's just, I just had to show up, throw him over the top rope and continue on.
0: <laughs> do you have any other fond Royal Rumble memories? Because you were in several of them. I mean, you were in one in your last run in WWE. I know you did one in Saudi Arabia. Of course, you you were one of the, the primary names in so many of these, these matches that fans love so much.
17: I, I distinctly remember the Royal rumble when it was ended up with triple H and myself at the end oh, of yeah. the match. And, uh, that w- that was a very special, uh, Royal rumble. I think triple H just came back from injury, I believe. Yes. And, uh, so it, it was, uh, it was a good time. And, and triple H picked me to be the one to be the final one to, to, uh, throw over the top rope and I thought that was a great compliment so um you know it it was his night to shine it wasn't mine unfortunately I never won a royal rumble I wish I did it's the one thing that I wanted to do to put a feather in my cap in my career but it just never happened
0: needless to say you had a pretty fun experience you won the whole thing explain to me what goes through your mind like leading up to that you had built an incredible amount of momentum obviously what happened afterwards is a bummer with how the, how the world went between the rumble and mania but that specific moment that was one of the last great moments that we got before the pandemic please tell me like how that's brought to you and how maybe you sort of react when you finally get the news that you're, you're winning the royal rumble
18: well, I mean, I was just hoping for a big moment that day. And when I got the idea that I might eliminate Brock, considering what I heard the story was going to be and how dominant he was going to be in the Rumble as WWE champion, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. That's the kind of thing they can make somebody. Um, but then the idea that I'd win as well like blew my mind and I didn't really believe it was going to happen until I was the last person standing in the ring. And there was always like times where I was lying to the side of the ring and the referee was close by and I half expected them to whisper word to me that things have changed so having things changed on me in the past many times throughout my career nothing's official till it's official so it wasn't until that very end moment when I eliminated Roman half expecting the crowd to boo because Edge had returned after a nine-year absence yeah and that reaction was unbelievable and we've seen the fans turn eh, on winners in the past if they don't get what they want and if I was in the crowd I'd be hard-pressed not to turn on me too seeing Edge eliminated but it was so cool that when Edge was eliminated, Roman and I got into it, and I eliminated Roman. And I heard the reaction that I heard that was equal to when I eliminated Brock, which was such an incredible moment in itself. And you know, that night was the night when Drew McIntyre finally arrived after being the future. And Everyone talking about my potential since I was about 15 years old.
0: So when I'm sure you're one of the few people that knew that Edge was coming back, and when when you know what's going to happen, and you know Edge is going to come back again, part of you in your mind has to be like, how's this going to work out for me as well? Like, Because that yeah. is something, I mean, you're not new to this game. You know, sometimes the reaction isn't the desired reaction. So, like, was did you all chat at all beforehand or were you just kind of letting him get in the zone for his big moment, his big return, too?
18: Yeah, we definitely chatted, but uh, it didn't change the fact that I was thinking, hmm, nine years, <laughs> yeah. career was over. He was never coming back. There he is. He's coming back. And if I'm in that crowd, I'm going to be like, oh, cool, Drew's kind of cool right now. But there's Edge, my God, what a miracle. I want to see him do the big one. So, yeah, it was certainly weighing on my mind. Hey, That's for sure. But after I got the Brock elimination, I told myself, whatever happens, happens. People are going to react how they react. Hey, I had that amazing moment right there. And I'm winning this thing. And hopefully <laughs> they like it. They don't crap all over it. But if they do... I still won the thing. I've still got my title match at WrestleMania. And I was like so fortunate because I don't take anything for granted. They reacted the way they did. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe, you know, they're behind me this much right now. And all I've done the past few months is just be myself.
0: Thank you so much for checking out Inside War Games 2. Brought to you by NordVPN slash Fightful and use that code Fightful. They brought you this video for free, so make sure you guys support them. Tweet them at NordVPN. Let you know, let them know that you appreciate them like we appreciate you. Uh, I had originally planned on Inside the Royal Rumble to be an annual feature, but as you guys see, it takes up an awful lot of interview time. So it will continue in the future, but maybe not next year. However, we've got plenty of long-form features for you guys, and we've got plenty more in the works. In fact, last year I did inside NXT War Games, talking to a ton of people about that match. You guys are going to want to go check that out. And we have a lot more cool projects coming up for you guys. Check it out. Fightful.com, FightfulSelect.com will have everything you need. And check out our friends at NordVPN.com slash Fightful.